This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome. To the show, it is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPN2, all of our great ESPN stations across the country, ESPN app, Sirius XM80, highlight there, courtesy of WOAI Spurs Radio Network, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, and Victor Wembanyama is officially a pro. Officially last night, played his first game, guys, for the San Antonio Spurs, in a loss, but he played, and he was in foul trouble. But he played 15 points, 5 rebounds, 23 minutes. Good morning. Good morning. I mean, Victor Webinyama, that dude is special, man. I know we didn't see as much of him as we wanted to because he got into some foul trouble early. But that dude is a unicorn. One of one, Smalls. Absolutely. And he looks like the guy that we're expecting him to be. He looks yeah. like he's going to be the next big thing in yeah. the NBA, the face of the yeah. NBA. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's it? Just the face? This is what, see, this is what's happening now. Well, that we, the expectations- we're already doing it, right? We're already doing it to Wembenyama in terms of the expectations. And, like, now I'm starting to hear, and we're all starting to hear, non-sports people come into the sports world and say, who's that guy? I want to watch him. Yes. So how far are we willing to go on this? Like, what's living up to the hype? Because last night, fine, first game. But, I mean, people are talking Hall of Fame. Smalls, you just said face of the NBA. We've never seen anything like this no, guy. No, we have not. No, we have not. But, like, okay, so does he have to win Rookie of the Year this year? If he stays healthy, if he plays in the majority of the games. Now, here's my expectation. He's going to play somewhere around 60, 65 games this season and I think this is going to be a situation where they log his minutes they watch his minutes so I'm not anticipating that he's going to play more than 30 35 minutes in the game so I have to temper my expectations from that respect because his numbers won't be as robust as maybe some other guys will but when you see him on the court his impact is undeniable yeah he only had 15 points last night but he played in 23 minutes only had 23 touches four of those were in the paint but the biggest thing that he did last night was show off the offensive arsenal. I mean, when you got a guy on the perimeter crossing up Derek Lively the second and then burying a three-pointer or him right there on the wing burying a three, like th- th- this this dude is special. Yep. He he really is and he can he can impact the game on pretty much every level on the offensive side, but it's what he does on the defensive end that separates him from everybody else. So last night, when he was on the floor, the average distance from a field goal attempt for the Dallas Mavericks was 17 feet. When he was off the floor, it was 14 feet. Their percentage from field goal attempts when he was on the floor in the paint was 35%. When he was off the floor, it jumps to 50%. This dude is incredible in terms of his shot-blocking ability. He doesn't have to be the defender on ball to block somebody's shot. He can defend his guy and then help out the other guys on defense. It really is like adding an extra defender when you're talking about half-court defensive sets. So that's, to me, what is going to take the NBA by storm, just his ability to be able to impact the game on the defensive end. That's something that he doesn't have to do a whole lot of work on. You're not talking about him having to develop his body anymore in order to have a massive impact defensively for the Spurs this season. Anytime I watch him, I just can't believe the way that he moves. With that size, he's not supposed to be able no. to do that. And he is must-see television. The fact that there's a three-foot foot difference disparity when he's Crazy. on the court versus when he's off Crazy. is wild. His arm, his arm is about three feet. So, I mean, that's probably what it is. His stretching yes. of his arm is probably three feet. But this is what happens now, right? We have this great player coming in. We have this player that we've never seen ex- like like this at all. 
And we go to these expectations, and I don't know if they're unfair or not, but he has the expectation now of he better win a championship or more. He better be a Hall of Famer or even better in terms of like an all-time great level LeBron James-like player. Is that fair? Can we sit here and say after one game that we'd be disappointed if he didn't win a title and make it to the Hall of Fame? Not because of the one game, but just leaning into the hype. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair because of where he ended up going. He went to the San Antonio Spurs. This is an organization that has a track record of developing international players, and they've done right when they have a number one overall pick, and that guy ends up being a big man. David Robinson, Tim Duncan, they've got the most out of that guy's. Greg Popovich has had a relationship with Tony Parker in developing him. He's a you know somebody that's from France and somebody that Victor Webinyama has been known for a really long time. Yeah. Manu Ginobili has been involved in the process. So they basically put a village around this dude and tried to foster an environment to allow him to develop at his pace in order for him to realize the ceiling on his potential. So I would be disappointed if he doesn't graduate to a player that is capable of competing for multiple championships, somebody that's in the conversation for one of the greatest of all time. I think that is that is the hype. That's what his peers are expecting. If you listen to Kevin Durant, LeBron James, anybody that, that knows anything about basketball, players that have been in the game over the last couple of decades, all of them say the same thing. This dude – is going to take the NBA by storm. It's only a matter of time. It's not a matter of if. And I take their word for it, and I trust that as well as trusting my eyes and what I saw last night. In addition to the physical gifts and, for a lack of a better term, Cece, the success incubator that he's in right yeah. now with all of the people around him, I just think mentally he seems to have it. He seems to be so mature beyond his years. He doesn't seem affected by the pressure. He seems to embrace it. He's got confidence in himself and a certain amount of swag without being overconfident. I just think he's got everything it takes physically and mentally to be the person we expect him to be. Let's play out one thing. Let's just say for argument's sake, he plays 10 or more years, wins a title, and wins an MVP. Is that living up to the hype? One? Is that what you're saying? Is just, one enough? I'll start there. I'll start there. Is that living up to the hype? The fact that you guys are pausing, and understandably so, puts such enormous expectations. We're thinking of him in the same vein as LeBron. I know, and that wouldn't have been enough retroactively for LeBron, which right. is insanely unfair because LeBron, not only did he live up to the hype, I think he exceeded the hype Absolutely. because he was supposed to be one of the greatest players of all time. And he's one of the greatest players of all time, right? And many would say the greatest. I would not, but like many would say he is. So 10 years, a title, and 10 or more years, one title and an MVP, you're saying that's, that's not living up to the hype? Like you'd be disappointed in his career or you would expect a t- more? A, t- a title and an MVP, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's a successful career. I would think so, that's right? That's a successful career. You can't, yeah, you can't, yeah, that's a successful I, career, I, but I, I think we're going to – end up talking about this guy with the all-time greats. I think that's the potential that he has, all right? I mean, anytime you think about the Spurs and big men that will take a number one overall, it's Tim Duncan. And by pretty much most accounts, people have Tim Duncan as a top ten player in NBA history. And I'm not sitting there saying that Webby's going to be that, but I would be disappointed if the trajectory after the first three or four years wasn't headed that way. Yeah. Like I, it's, it's supposed to be an all-time talent. And again, this is not what I'm saying. 
This is what right. people yeah. around the NBA that, that played in the NBA, that have covered the NBA for the entirety of their careers, are saying about this dude. And just look at his impact. The, the, the first and the fourth quarter is what you need to point to, right? Look at what he, they were able to do when he was on the floor. He logged the majority of his minutes in the first and the fourth quarter. In the first quarter, they outscored the Dallas Mavericks 43-36. to 36. In the fourth quarter, the guy drops nine points and goes four or five from the field while he's in foul trouble. Like, it's, it's obvious that this dude can have an impact on both sides of the court. And I don't think the metrics can fully quantify what he does in terms of allowing his team to have success. And so I think the way that he tilts the court for the San Antonio Spurs is going to make this a much-watched outfit, even though this team is not going to win a whole lot of basketball games this season. So let's just be – I think I'm interpreting this right. What we're saying here is – if Wemby's career is 10 years, a title, and MVP, it's a success, but you actually anticipate more than that. Yeah. 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 That is a remarkable yeah. compliment to this man. It, would you guys out there if consider he, that? He's, he's 7'5". I know, but— And is sitting out there crossing guys up on the perimeter. But if I said to you the same thing about the equivalent in the NFL, hey, Caleb Williams going to have a 10-year career, win a title, and MVP, we would sit there and say, oh, my God, what a career that is. That's phenomenal for yeah. him. And and as it is, and we're saying about this guy, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, but we actually well, 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 more. well, well. Here's the thing: it's not apples to apples, right? I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, one, one player can have way more like impact in basketball than football, but yeah, I mean, we we've quite literally never seen something like this. Like no. we've seen Yao Ming; he was seven five or whatever. But the way that Yao Ming moved versus what we are seeing from Victor Webanyama, those two are not the same. Another example, Christos Porzingis, 7'4". Yeah. Like everybody would say, oh, Christos Porzingis, he's a unicorn. Christos Porzingis is a fine player. Had a hell of a game last night Played against really his well. former team, the Knicks. But Christos Porzingis didn't move like that. that, no. like, that like that. Victor Webanyama is special. Just the agility, his ability to be able to block, his basketball IQ, overall awareness on the defensive end. The one thing that I would say is he's going to have to get bigger. Everybody knows that. Like when he caught the ball in the paint, he got pushed out a little bit. That's something that that he'll develop. But in terms of his perimeter game, in terms of his face-up game in the mid-range, this dude is amazing what he can do. Like you just don't anticipate a man that size being able to move that well. You guys could be a part of the conversation on Sportsman Like Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. Not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper. The ones fans deserve. If Wemby's career was 10 years, a title, and an MVP, do you deem that to be a success? 888-729-3776. The other note last night from the NBA, the Chicago Bulls, okay? They lose by 20 points to the Oklahoma City Thunder. After the game, they had a players-only meeting Game one of the NBA season. One game, Billy Donovan, the head coach, walks in. They said, can you give us a second? Can we have the room? Have you ever experienced anything like this? Hell no, because the teams I played on have never fallen out of it, and that's what a players-only meeting signifies. I don't think we have a chance, and we're going to be desperate. Now, I've never heard of a team doing that after game one of the regular season. So that just goes to show you they got some problems in Chicago. So you're they, saying, got some, they got some problems So you're saying, Chicago. wait a minute, you're saying that our buddies Cap and Jay Hood on the way in today on ESPN 1000, that they should assume that their season's over. Their season's over. <laughs> what, what can we trade away and plan for the future? That, 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 that's what? the only thing. Think about When have you heard of a team getting it right after a players-only meeting? Well, when, on when, game one. When, but on when game it, no, one. Forget about, forget, forget about the game one. It's partner. hard to do that. But when yeah. have you heard about a team getting it right after a players-only meeting? 
I don't. I don't remember. It it, it, it typically doesn't happen, Smalls. The fact that There's we're not a the back fact that there are three of us in the studio and we're thinking this hard goes to show you that it typically doesn't happen well, in terms of a team being able to get back on track. There was once with the Cardinals where Chris Carpenter, I think, called the team only meeting in 2011, and then mm-hmm. they they were ten and a half games out and then went on a playoff run okay. and ended up winning the World Series. But 2011. Yeah. Okay. All right. So how long? And that's was, how, how do you remember how, that one? How long, how long ago was that? I think that's when. Twelve. I, was. I think. Yeah, exactly. Something, something like that. that. Exactly. Yeah. And obviously, that team had all the makings of a championship team. They were underperforming. Yeah. Okay. I don't think the Bulls. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if the Bulls. I don't think. I don't think the Bulls had that kind of pedigree. Michael ain't walking through that door. And there was a huge difference in calling a team meeting down the stretch than there is after game one. Yeah. Exactly. Didn't the Cardinals win it in 2016? Yeah. Exactly. So that's. I'm just saying, championship organization. There, there, yeah. There's a difference. That is not the Chicago Bulls right now. Not currently. No, nah, hell no. Players only. Players only. Game one. CC has said the Bulls are done. That we have written. It's we, over. Actually, we have 29 NBA teams now, not that's, 30. That's a freaking joke. A players only I hope meeting the after Mrs. the first game. The missus is not watching because she's a Chicago that is, fan. That is a joke. <laughs> players only after the first game. A joke. What do you got to talk about that you didn't talk about a training camp? It's a joke. It makes Players no only? sense. You think the coaching staff is like, uh-oh. All right, we got, you guys can jump in. Coaching staff is polishing up their resumes. That's Dr. what they're Pepper doing. Call in line, 888-729-3776. Wemby makes his debut last night. If it's 10 years of title and an MVP, do we consider that a successful career for Wemby? Coming up. Not a good day for us yesterday. Brock Purdy and concussion oh. protocol. We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. When we talk about the 49ers championship window, I think that window is this year. With this core of players, it's this year and that's it. There is nothing, nothing I have seen through the first seven weeks of the year that would change my opinion of Purdy or the 49ers. They are both things that I am not remotely concerned about in the NFC. This is the year that the 49ers have to get it done. If not, we're going to be talking about them having to retool this thing around Brock Purdy. I'm nervous. I'm nervous for us and our Brock Purdy fan club. I'm very nervous about this because I already see what's happening. I can see it, CeCe. Mm. Smalls, I can see it. 
What happened yesterday is, unfortunately, we learned that Brock Purdy's in concussion protocol, right? Yeah. And Adam Schefter put out there on social media that there has not been a player this year that goes into protocol and then plays the next week. So we assume that Brock Purdy is going to be out for this week, yeah. right? Yeah. Sam Darnold is a top five pick in the draft by the Jets a few years ago, goes to the Carolina Panthers. Carolina gives up an arm and a leg to get him, which we look back upon and say that's not a great trade for them, no. to say the least. He then, obviously, in free agency this offseason, goes to uh, San Francisco to be the backup quarterback. Brock Purdy has been called a quote-unquote system quarterback, which has been looked at by some people as an insult. Dan Orlovsky, phenomenal ESPN NFL analyst, was on NFL Live yesterday and had this to say about the man who's likely going to start this week for the Niners against the Bengals. If he doesn't play, I do not expect them to skip a beat. I think they will be just fine with Sam Darnold. I have constantly believed that if Sam Darnold was placed on a team that was similar to San Francisco, he would play worthy of that top draft pick. This young man has been weathered. He's mentally been through it all. He's the most talented quarterback physically that Kyle Shanahan has had in that offense at least since Matt Ryan. So that's six or seven years. Out of all due respect to Brock Purdy, he's a really good player. This offense will be just fine with Sam Darnold. It drives me crazy when Dano does this. It dri- I, I close my eyes, and if you take away the name Sam Donald, it sounds like he was talking about Carson Wentz from a couple years ago. How'd that work out in Indianapolis? Not How'd right. that work out? Like, it's, it's, at some point, we have to acknowledge this dude is who he is. 55 career starts across two different teams for Sam Donald. He's 21 and 34. Now, I get it. Weren't great situations, but Sam Donald didn't do nothing to fix those situations. Now, he's stepping into a less than ideal 49er situation because they're not going to have the full complement of players on the offensive side of the ball. We don't know where Trent Williams is at health-wise. We don't know where Debo Samuel is at health-wise. We don't know where Christian McCaffrey is at health-wise. Those are big pieces for this 49ers offense, and we've seen when those dudes aren't on the field, it it has a measurable impact on not only the quarterback's play, but the offense's productivity overall. you got to miss me all the way when it comes to the physical ability of Sam Darnold and how it might be greater than Brock Purdy. You know what? I don't really care about physical ability. I care about a quarterback's ability to be able to operate the offense. And nobody can argue that when Brock Purdy's been in there in regular season games and in postseason games, that offense has been humming when everybody is healthy. The fact that you don't have everybody healthy is the biggest issue. And now on top of that, you have the extra degree of difficulty with Brock Purdy and concussion protocol. And that, my friend, is why I'm nervous about this. Because as we, the three of us, are on this Brock Purdy fan club, we have now made people his equivalent. We have now all of a sudden said, no, any, I'm not saying Dan is saying this, but there's a perception, especially if they win this week, anybody can run that off. No, that's what he is saying. that's, That's exactly what he's saying. And we've seen that not everybody can do it. Not the way that Purdy can. No, yeah. not everybody Trey can Trey Lance do it. was a top five pick in the draft, Smalls, and is on the Dallas Cowboys for a mid-round pick. Absolutely. Not everyone can do it. No, C.J. Beathard couldn't do it. Nick Mullen couldn't do it. Like, not everybody can operate this offense. You have to be a really heady player, really smart, have good football acumen, be able to throw with anticipation, being able to layer throws. Those are all things that Brock Purdy excels at. So for whatever he lacks in arm talent and athleticism, he more than makes up for it with the intangibles and being able to think the game. Now, him being in concussion protocol does give some color as to what happened at the end of that Minnesota Vikings game. And And maybe we have to pump the brakes in terms of the mistakes that he made because he might not have been all there. And so yeah. we'll see how all of that continues to Which play itself really out. Which is really scary because, like, 
We know that that's a thing. You talk about it, CC. Mm-hmm. Smalls and I don't understand it the way that an actual player would. Yeah. And right. when you're telling us that this guy is who's known for his headiness gets impacted in a way that he's no longer heady and does not look like the same guy. We talked on Monday and Tuesday, or sorry, Tuesday, about the timing routes yeah. and yeah. how they did not look right. Yes. Well, now it maybe makes some sense. Yeah. Why it was seeing, a little bit off. Because yeah. if you're seeing double, yeah. I mean, well, you don't well, know well, the that, That's the thing. And I don't want to speculate as no, to when it, they hit happened, but he's in concussion protocol. No, no it happened the before hit, you're saying The that. hit yeah. happened in the game. So, I mean, we're, we have to, we have, I mean, and putting two and two together, it does provide some confidence. Context as to why Brock struggled, why he had the back-to-back interceptions, and that's uncharacteristic from what we've seen in the 16-game regular season sample size that we've got from Purdy thus far. So I'm simply saying this. Let's not assume that Sam Darnold is going to be handed the keys and just going to continue to drive this team like we've seen from Brock Purdy over the last, you know, call it 16 games. I just don't – I can't believe that because I do believe in the abilities of Brock Purdy. If they, he did have the full complement of weapons, he would be in a better position to do that, obviously. Yeah. But do you think if Sam Darnold does get the keys to the car and drives it to perfection, that that's bad news for the Brock Purdy fan Yeah, club? see, this is what I'm nervous for or about. And I understand that this actually could work against me. What I'm about to say is that, like, I feel like next week if Brock Purdy has a good game against a good Bengals team or a Bengals team that's playing more like what we thought they would play like – then all of a sudden people are going to say, well, maybe just Sam Darnold should be the guy. Like, look at Brock Purdy's last two games. And when I say that works against me is you would never say that if if Joe Burrow was out. You would never say Jake Browning, if he has a good – that's his name, right? The backup could be the guy. <laughs> right? Am I right about that? No, you're right yeah. about that. It's, <laughs> like, yeah. like, it's just laughable that. that you have to question it when yeah. you're saying yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but you get the point overall. Yeah. It's like I'm, I'm anticipating the fact that we are going to have to get very defensive – on behalf of our guy. Let me tell you what you ain't got to worry about. Let me tell you what. Yeah, Talk we can, we can say that right now because yeah. it's all speculation until you see Sam Donald out there on the field. When Sam Donald has double digit starts in a season, he throws double digit picks. You ain't got to worry. That is who Sam Donald is. He is a turnover machine. You can set your watch to it. It's going to happen. I ain't worried about it in the least bit. I'm rooting for him. I want him to be able to have a career renaissance comparable to what we saw with Geno Smith last year in Seattle. But all I'm simply saying is this. After you've seen four or five seasons of a guy across two different franchises and he struggled, the common denominator is the actual player. And I will say that water typically finds its level. So, yes, Sam Donald, he was a guy that San Francisco went out and got early on in free agency for a reason because they wanted to have a good backup option and potentially move off of Trey Lance. I think he'll be good in spot duty. I don't think Sam Donald is the long-term answer for anybody at the quarterback spot. But both of those situations he was in, bad situations. Not exactly a position that he could really Yeah, we say bad situations, but do we know that they're bad situations in spite of him or because of him? Well, he's going to have a chance to be in a good situation. That's the thing we don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, I mean, listen, it is 25 minutes into the show for the three of us. Time for a players-only meeting coming up. We're going to follow the Chicago Bulls. We're going to have a players-only meeting. But first, CeCe has this from O, O, O. O'Reilly, when you need auto parts, O'ReillyAuto.com is just a click away. They offer convenient options for you to get your parts quickly. Order online at O'ReillyAuto.com and pick up for free at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store. You can also have your parts delivered right to your door, free shipping on most orders over $35. Get your order fast with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Visit O'ReillyAuto.com today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly! 
Auto Parts. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Well, not breaking news. Deshaun Watson's out again, guys. No way! This is becoming a major, major, major problem here for the Cleveland Browns because he's going to be out. He has basically played in three of seven games this year. Yeah. Technically played in four, but let's call it three full games. So over the last two years, um, yeah, he's played in about nine full games. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we're going to look at him over two seasons and think and say that he's going to play one full season over two. 17 games over two years. And now, yeah, they're paying him about $90 million over these last uh, two years. Oof. You've said, CC, this may go down as one of the worst trades in NFL history. Yeah. I mean, are we close to saying it is the worst trade in NFL history? It's getting pretty close to that. And what's becoming increasingly apparent is that the Cleveland Browns can't defend on Deshaun Watson. You cannot rely on Deshaun Watson. Matter of fact, you can't rely on P.J. Walker either. If you're relying on any of those quarterbacks right now to get this team to where you want to go, then guess what? You are going to be sadly disappointed at the end of the season. The Cleveland Browns need to huddle up over the next few days and figure out what team is willing to part company with a competent backup quarterback that can come in and operate that offense. Listen, the quarterback in that system with that defense and that running game around him ain't got to do much. Just don't be incompetent. Just don't give the ball to the other team. Make the plays that are there to be made. When they're not there to be made, throw the ball away or eat the football and take a sack. It's very simple. You'll win a lot of games with the Cleveland Browns with that defense if you end every drive in a kick. That means a punt, a a field goal, or an extra point. If you end every drive with a kick, that team is going to win double-digit games. That team is going to be in the playoffs. That's what they need from their quarterback spot. And they're not getting it at a level that they need to be getting it at in order to in order to get where they want to go. And so even though Phillip Walker has stepped in and been admirable in spot duty, I, I don't think that that's the guy long-term for the rest of the regular season, and I don't know that you can rely on Deshaun Watson with the rotator cuff injury. So the Cleveland Browns owe it to the guys in that locker room to go out there and make a move and try to find a backup quarterback. I don't know if it's trying to get a reunion with Jacoby Brissett, Mm -hmm. if it's Taylor Heineke in Atlanta, if it's Cooper Rush from the Dallas Cowboys, if it's Teddy Bridgewater from the Lions, if it's the damn Ghostbusters. They got (laughs) to call. They got to find somebody that can come in there and give them competent quarterback play because I don't know that they can rely on either option in Cleveland right now 
for the rest of the regular season to do that. They should definitely call the Ghostbusters. Yeah, so for sure. We just have Exercise to... the demons. There you go. Different it, movie. It is Halloween. <laughs> so we just have the graphic up on the television side. P.J. Walker, total QBR, completion percentage, and off-target percentage. His NFL rank is last in all three of those categories. Ooh. But question to you guys. Is he better? Is he a better option than Deshaun Watson? Well, I don't understand why with, they don't just put him on the, the IR. Put him on the IR. With like, or without the end, injury. Right. So end the speculation. Put him on the IR. Have him out for four games. And ha- I don't think you have to have him away from the team, but you, he doesn't have to speak to the media if he's on the IR. No. Stefanski, Kevin Stefanski, their head coach, can just simply say, guys, you know, I'm not going to talk about injured players on the IR. You can go coach speaking that. Why are we doing this every week with the speculation? Adam Schefter put out there yesterday that people that have that kind of injury, pitchers in baseball, are out four to six weeks. Mm-hmm. People that throw the ball a lot. Deshaun Watson's job is to throw the ball. Put him on the damn IR. What am I missing here, CC? Uh, listen, you're missing the part where we don't know whether or not Deshaun Watson is willing to do that. And here's the thing. With the contract comes a level of power that we've never seen an NFL player have. Right, Deshaun Watson got more swing than Kevin Stefanski. If things go left in Cleveland, guess what? They can get rid of Kevin Stefanski. They can't get rid of Deshaun Watson. Yeah. There is no workaround when it comes to that contract. So I think it's a situation now where you have to go to the player and figure out what the best plan for the team is moving forward, and the player has to fully be on board with that. If that's not the case, if Deshaun Watson thinks it's more of a week or two as opposed to four or five weeks in, in time that he's going to be out, then I don't think he's going to go on IR. I don't think that that's something. Does the player that, have the choice? I actually don't know the well, rules. Well, most players, most players don't have the choice. Okay. But that's the difference with Deshaun Watson versus everybody else. First of all, he plays quarterback. Second of all, he's got a two hundred and thirty million dollar guarantee. So, essentially, the fate of the franchise for the foreseeable future is in his hands. And he has to fully be on board with whatever plan, whatever agenda that Kevin Stefanski is trying to sell to the rest of the locker room as to how they got to win. If he's not, then then that, that presents a different problem for Cleveland. All I'm simply saying is this. If you're Cleveland, even though you gave him the money, even though there's nothing you can do about the contract, you cannot rely on Deshaun Watson to get to where you want to go. It's sad, but it's true. They paid that amount of money so they wouldn't have to worry about the quarterback position, and now it feels like that's the only thing they got to worry about. they got to go out and find a guy over the next few days. Do you also think they have to win a Super Bowl for this to go away? Like, like for instance, Brock Purdy came out and was so great that we – kind of forgot about the Trey Lance situation in San Francisco. This was them not only putting their football choices on the line, this was a, a they were doubling down on the person, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, there, there that's was true. A, a lot of stuff that was at stake here, and they're winning in spite of the contract. You know, P.J. Walker is coming in, and they're winning in spite of it. Do they need to go all the way and win the Super Bowl for this to not be something that is talked about all the time? Well, if they get to the playoffs, it's still going to be something that we talk about because how good this could this team have been had they not invested in Deshaun Watson and they invested in other areas, right? How strong could that defense be? How much stronger could the supporting cast be on the offensive side of the ball? This is not a story that's going away. Like, and we knew it wouldn't just because the expectations were so high based on the deal that Deshaun got. And so now I think it's a matter of how can they work around this as to respect the sacrifices that the guys in that locker room have made. Because this team is playing really, really well, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Guys like Miles Garrett, Zadarius Smith, uh, Denzel Ward. You owe it to those guys to go out there and get a quarterback that cannot screw the game up. And Deshaun Watson, even when he was in last week, didn't look great. He threw an interception, should have thrown two. He only had five pass attempts. 
Not good at football right now. No. Philip Walker, not good at football right now. I'm not breaking news. But that that's the situation that the Browns are in right now. They got to go out and find a quarterback over the next four or five days. 888-SAY-ESPN, Dr. Pepper, call in line. We want your phone calls. Two things NBA-related that we've been discussing as well on the phone lines here. The game last night, Wemby, his first game of the NBA, his NBA career, if we said 10 years, one title, one MVP, is that a success or a disappointment for Wemby's career? And I can't help but laugh. The Bulls had a players-only <laughs> meeting last night, and it was the first game of the season. Donnie in West Palm listening on ESPN 106.3, where I spent 20 years hosting afternoon, so let's go. Palm Beach County stand-up, 561-772. What's up, Donnie? Hey, how you doing? I do remember when you were down here. Thank you. I miss those days. But, well, I'm still yeah, there. We're all here. With players only meeting. <laughs> players only meeting worked for Boston when they when Mark, they thought that when Marcus Smart called one when they thought that Brown and Tatum couldn't play together. They end up going to the championship. That's a good one. That's, that is a good, that is a good one. Uh, That's a good one. They, and then they traded Marcus Smart. Yeah, how'd that work out? You know, but that's, that is a good one. That because. A good one. But I also think that speaks towards I, – I don't believe they traded Marcus Smart because of basketball reasons. I believe they traded him because he was too good at actually leading and they needed the, the best players to be the leaders, and there's no way they could be in place of a guy like that who probably could coach one Yeah, day. but when they had that meeting, they turned into the best defensive team in the a- NBA. And Ime Adoka was, was, was their head it coach. It was the best defensive yeah. team in the NBA, and their coach won coach of the year. Yep. And yeah. he was phenomenal. He was year. phenomenal. Yeah. I, I don't think this is the same situation. And I love Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan's going to be in the I, Hall of Fame, but yeah. this ain't good. Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan ain't Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Not at this point in their <laughs> no, career. No. Uh, Lindsay in North Carolina listening on 99.9 in Raleigh. What's up, Lindsay? Good morning, y'all. How y'all doing? Good morning. I'm going to say this. Members of the Brock Purdy fan club, don't worry. He's going to be okay. Okay, we're hoping but, so. Uh, because I'm already sensing, we're already sensing the wave that people want to get away from Purdy, but we're not going to let them. Sam Donald is a backup for a reason. Remember the word backup. Yep. And uh, all the Chicago Bulls players that was involved in that uh, players only meeting. Uh, in my in the words of uh, Suge Knight, if y'all can't play for Chicago, come on to the Lakers. Y'all <laughs> play for all y'all like boys like wearing the shiny suits. There we go. I like you it. You got the producers in the videos. Boy, boy, DeMar DeRozan with the Lakers. I mean, you, you remember a couple of years ago. Magic, he thought he was. Ma- Magic Johnson said that, yeah, this deal was all but done, and then there was a pivot at the 11th hour, and they ended up going with Russell Westbrook. Yeah, that didn't work out great. But, I mean, DeMar DeRozan to the Lakers, a mid-range assassin? A guy that can score twenty on any given night. I, I think. Ooh. I think he I would love it. I get getting excited. Ooh. He would. I actually think how between can, the two. How can we do that? I think how between the two, Levine would be more likely because Levine's contract would be considered more of a quote unquote bad contract. And what the Lakers did, CC, we we discussed this yesterday. You people can go back on the ESPN app and listen to our podcast. The way the Lakers' contracts are structured, none of these guys they would be willing to trade, D'Angelo Russell, Rui Hachimura, are too long. Where a team would be, nah, we can't take them. And the numbers may add up to Zach Levine. Yeah, let's go ahead and, and package that D-Lo deal, get him out of there, <laughs> Rui Hachimura, and, and, and figure out, yeah, and picks, and, and let's make it happen. I'm all for it. Rick in Daytona watching on ESPN2. What's up, Rick? Hey, I want to chime in on the uh, Wimby story first, but I got to get in on the Browns, too. But anyhow, Wimby's only one dude, man. You got to dodge, you know, injuries. You got to have good players around you. You can't do it all by yourself, you know? No, no question. I, and But – Again, I'll go back to what we've been talking about. CeCe brought it up. The franchise that he's on matters. That you can trust the Spurs figuring out ways of building around him more so than you could trust other franchises building around him. 
And I think that's that's probably the difference here. Coming up, we are just, what, a night away from the World Series beginning. We'll run the bases with Smalls next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan Canty and Michelle are Unsportsmanlike. The 1-2. Swing and a high fly ball right field. Playable for Carroll. Near the line. Carroll under it. He's got it. And that does it. The Arizona Diamondbacks are going to the World Series. Boog Shabby with the call. ESPN Radio. World Series begins tomorrow night between the Diamondbacks and the Texas Rangers. ESPN Radio, of course, all of the coverage. Christopher Mad Dog Russo said he would retire if this happened. Um, yeah. Saw him yesterday and first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no, he didn't yeah. retire. He did not he retire. retire. So uh, he, he came, or he came out of retirement pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, time now for a progressive MLB snapshot brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. We run the bases with Smalls. All right, let's go to first base. Guys, before we get into some World Series previews, some big news coming out of Major League Baseball yesterday after the Texas Rangers eliminated the Houston Astros. Their manager, Dusty Baker, telling USA Today that he is retiring. He's going to end his 26-year career as a manager, and what a career that it is. He's the 12th manager in Major League history to reach 2,000 wins. He has 57 postseason wins over 13 postseason appearances. It ranks fourth all-time. Dusty Baker seemingly hanging it up, guys. Well, I'm glad you said seemingly, because I want to play something Mm -mm. from Buster Olney here. ESPN Baseball Insider was on with Amber and Ian, 7P to 10P Eastern on ESPN Radio. Last night, Buster said something. I heard this, and I want to get your take on this. I really hope that history properly reflects what he did for the Astros after he took over the team in the aftermath of the Science Family scandal. He deflected a lot of attention off the players. I think he protected them as best he could under those circumstances. You know, a group of guys were getting booed. I think that helped to allow them to go about their business of moving on with their careers. But that said, you know, when he was hired, none of the coaches are really his guys. They were A.J. Hinch's staff. The front office, they're not really his guys. And I think over time, he increasingly felt isolated there on some of his decisions. And so this is probably good timing for him to move on. Is he retiring? Is he walking away from the Astros? Because when I heard that, I started thinking, well, I'm a Mets fan. Call Dusty. <laughs> if you're a Padres fan, you just you wanted your manager, Bob Melvin, to go to the Giants because the, rela- the relationship with A.J. Prowler, the general manager, and Melvin, not good. Yeah. Call Dusty. Yeah, but Dusty talked about his daughter and his grandkids and mm-hmm. said he wants to spend more time with them. I, I think this is a step away. This is a goodbye. Maybe there's something that he can do to help out the sport of baseball. Um, a la Joe Torre and what he's doing with the Major League Baseball office here in New York. But I, I don't think that it's it's the last, 
last stop for Dusty Baker in terms of impacting the game of baseball, but I do think it's the last time we see him as a manager. 74 years old. I mean, yeah. it is a long season. It's yeah. a rigorous travel yeah. schedule. But it's Dusty. Yeah. It's 74 years young. Yes, but yeah. I don't want to see him go the Tony La Russa route, who is a baseball mind that I revere more than anybody. And he goes back to Chicago, and it's a disaster with the White Sox. Not yeah. that Dusty's in that space at all. He's still at the top of his game. But, you know, going somewhere new, it's you're hitting the restart button. Yeah. It's, a, it's a lot. I just don't want to see him go somewhere else and not have the success that he's had in other places. Yeah, I think this is a good time for Dusty to step away. I, I believe that Cooper Towns awaits. I hope it's not that long of a wait for Dusty, but I mean, three-time manager of the year. He's won three pennants. He's got the World Series. He's one of only seven people to win a chip as a player and as a manager. I, I absolutely think it's a Hall of Famer. Like he's got over twenty-one hundred wins. It, it, he's listen, got over twenty-one hundred wins. A Hall of and he's got a fifty-four percent win percentage. You're actually you're actually unintentionally getting me riled up right now. This should not be a debate. I, I, I hope it's this, not. This man spent nineteen not. years as a player, and I know it's separate. You have to player or manager how you're voted in. I get it, right? But nineteen years as a player, twenty-six years as a manager, won a World Series, was right there with the Giants, was right there with the Cubs, did a good job with the Reds, took over this Astros team with, with a, as a mess. It's not comparable, but you always say, CC, give Sean Payton credit for what he did in New Orleans in the circumstance. Yes. One is real life, one is baseball. I understand that. But the circumstance in which this man took over in Houston should matter. There is no and, – and people vote for the Hall of Fame. If people don't vote this guy into the Hall of Fame – you're nuts. It's ridiculous. That part. He's in. I know he's in, but but Cece said it as a question. Oh, but it's because it's baseball and they have to make you, things you harder <laughs> than it needs to be. Baseball always finds a way about? to get it its own. And way. I don't care if somebody says, oh, it's longevity. He's, he's a compiler. Yeah, he compiled for 74 years. He was that good where people wanted him around that Is Bobby long. Cox in the Hall of Fame? I would assume so. Bobby Cox won one title with the Braves, won a million divisions. I understand that Bobby Cox maybe has a, a slightly better resume, but if Bobby Cox is in, Dusty should be in. Sorry. Go ahead. I love that. Let's go to second base. World Series, Rangers, Diamondbacks. Who are we cheering for in this, you guys? Because both teams are underdogs. Normally, I go for the underdog if I don't have some sort of a, a personal emotional tie here. But both of these teams are underdog. You had Arizona coming in as the sixth seed. Texas was the fifth seed. The Rangers, first time back in the World Series since 2011. The Diamondbacks trying to win their first World Series since 2001. It's almost who is going to out-underdog the other one in this Is this the, Spider- the Spider-Man meme? Yes. Is that like, you an underdog? No, you an underdog. No, you- is that is that what we're doing right now? Yes. I don't know, man. There's something fun about this D-backs team, right? I mean, the fact that they put Pat Costello's Phillies out of their misery on their way to the World Series, I, I don't know. There's a part of that that makes me want to root for them just because I'm rooting for what's in the best interest of the show, and nothing would make my heart <laughs> smile more than to see the team that bounced the Phillies, Pat Costello's love team, out of the postseason on their way to winning a chip. And that could be the chip that the Phillies felt belong to them. Mm. That I would love that for the show. I think that'd be the best the best interest of what we're doing this week. Interesting angle. I have the same premise but a different team. So yeah. I'm rooting for the Rangers for the show okay. because I think the Bruce Bochy storyline winning a title, his fourth one, winning one with the second team, having been to the World Series with three different teams, I project out the conversation where you as a Yankee fan are going to have to defend Joe Torre over Bruce Bochy as best manager of our lifetime and how that goes. 
You're giving me a look. Mm. Because you know you want to defend your guy, Tory, because he won of you a course. bunch of rings. Of course. But Bochi would then have rings with two different teams in World Series appearances with three. That's a hell of a resume, too. Yeah, but you're talking about arguably the greatest baseball team of all time. 98, 114 wins. God bless. God bless. I got a God bless at the end. God, God Thanks, bless. Thanks, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Arguably the best baseball team of all time. All right, Tim Tebow with more. Go ahead. Let's Smalls. go to third base. Let's quickly look at two things that need to happen for either team if they want to win this. For the Diamondbacks, Corbin Carroll is obviously a massive X factor. So in the CS, he had gone three for 23 in the first six games of the series. Not great. Then he explodes in game seven, three for four. He scored two of Arizona's runs. He drove in the other two. He swiped two bags. He was a major X factor. If they are going to win the World Series, Corbin Carroll needs to be consistent. Yeah, this is a great thing for baseball. I mean, anytime you have this infusion of young talent, it matters. But also having it on the biggest stage that the game has to offer in the World Series. And Corbin Carroll was clutch in Game 7 against the Phillies. I mean, think about it. The guy had three hits and two stolen bases. Second youngest player to do that. The youngest was Ty Cobb. I mean, he's a special, special talent. And no doubt the catalyst for what that offense, what that team has been able to put together this year. So it's awesome to see him front and center in the World Series. All right, let's go home quickly. Starting pitching for the Rangers. They need Jordan Montgomery and Nathan Evaldi to go deep into games so that Mike Maddox can handle the rest of the staff and the bullpen. Mike Maddox is amazing. I love him. He was in St. Louis, and he knows how to handle the staff, but they need those two guys to go deep into games. I was wondering when the he was in St. Louis was going to come in there. He's, he, we talk about Bruce Bochy. Mike's, Mike Maddox, huge reason the Rangers are in this position. Yes, but one's a pitching coach and one's a manager. I'm not doubting that at all, but yes, we, we understand that. We're on Sportsmanlike, and Dusty should be in the Hall of Fame on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.